Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Jeremiah Dickey. He's the current athletic director of Boise State University, but more than that, an incredible husband, dad, follower of Jesus. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Jeremiah. No problem. Thanks for having me on. You bet. I've um, I like to start this out just with some background information. So if you don't mind, just give the listeners a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up and your family today. Yeah. Um, born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and uh, really enjoyed uh, my my upbringing and, and really my connection back to athletics in general. Started at a very young age with with my dad and and not just playing, but you know had some connections with my grandfather being the team doctor at UTEP and and so um, really planting some seeds that that I had no idea would would be as beneficial to me later on in life. Uh, and so uh, from an athletic standpoint, it started very young. Um, some of my first memories were at UTEP basketball games and football games, and um, and so uh, um, it. it it was the foundation of, of who I ended up becoming. And, um, from El Paso, I, I graduated, uh, uh, from the university of Texas, got my undergrad in sport administration and, um, and which is an interesting story in and of itself, uh, how I got involved in that and, and something maybe we can talk about. And, um, from UT, I went to UTEP, uh, was my first job out of, out of college. And, uh, I was fortunate to, to be mentored and, and, you know, uh, um, poured into by Mac Rhodes, uh, the athletic director at, at Baylor. And he took me from UTEP to the University of Akron. Um, I ended up getting my master's at Akron and uh, I followed him to the University of Houston. Uh, and uh, while at Akron, I met my wife. And so ultimately we got married and, and she joined me in Houston. Um, had the first of, of my uh, um, three kids. Uh, two of them were born in Houston and uh, was at the University of Houston for seven years and, and really enjoyed my experience there and, and moved up in the department from development into overall department leadership and um, ended up becoming the deputy AD at, at Houston. And when Mac got the job at Baylor, um, I followed him to Baylor uh, to be the associate vice president for athletics. And, um, you know, and, and now at the, you know, spent great, had a great time and experience at Baylor and, and really enjoyed what that that step in the process meant for me, and and not just from a, an athletic standpoint. Um, I, I thought I was going to Baylor to check the Power Five box because I knew I needed that to become an athletic director. Um, but I ended up walking away, uh, becoming a, a much stronger man of faith and and a much better husband and, and father, and, and so really grateful for my time there. And and then uh, God opened some doors and and ended up at, at Boise State as the athletic director and just completed my third year. I, I didn't realize that your connection to Mac Rhodes went back that far. That's crazy. Oh yeah, when when I was at uh, the University of Texas, um, I had reached that crossroads, and you know I felt like I was wasting my family's money, my money, um, my time. You know I was enjoying Sixth Street in Austin probably a little too much, uh, a lot less class, and and uh, um, I had called my aunt or I had called my mom and said I'm going to take a semester off and. You know, and I firmly believe if if they would have allowed that, um, I would not be here today, not just in this position, but I would not be on this earth. Um wow. it was uh it was a powerful moment of of others caring more about me than I cared about myself. Hmm. And through my mom and and my aunt and a lot of prayer, um, I was able to 
to create some relationships that that I still, you know, that are still very important to me today. Uh, my mom introduced me to Mac Rhodes. Um, she happened to teach with his wife, mm. um, the school that I I went to elementary school at. And she said, before you do anything, I want you to come back and meet this guy. He's a young administrator. And at this point, sir, I had no idea that what an athletic director was. I had no idea how how operations worked. Um, I was like most fans. I just thought everyone showed up at seven o'clock on Saturday night for a kick. And, you know, uh, and Mac opened my eyes to a whole new world. And, um, and I asked him a lot of questions on why coaching, why administration. And I ended up uh, going back to, University of Texas. I changed my degree to sport administration and my aunt introduced me to Chris Ponsky at the University of Texas and, and a guy by the name of Chris Bloomfield who worked for a Longhorn um, network, which was the equivalent of, of Learfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up getting two internships and, and it changed my life. Um, school became that much more of a priority. I actually enjoyed it. And, uh, and the rest is history. You know, I stayed in touch with Mac and you know, upon graduation or at least upon walking, I needed an internship. And and he said, if you ever need anything, call him. And I did. And I was able to get uh, an internship at UTEP. And, and that was my first position outside of the University of Texas uh, interning. And and uh, it it was an amazing experience. And and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for, for that path. That's awesome. So and we'll talk about sports here in a minute, but I want to ask you a faith question. So did you grow up? in a family of faith? And then at what point did you realize you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? So, yes, I I grew up in a family of faith. Um, That was always important to us. And um, so from some of my earliest memories, um, you know, praying, going to church, you know, checking the traditional Christian boxes. Um, But I wouldn't necessarily say that I had a relationship. And, but I knew right from wrong. I, I knew it was important. I had given my life to him and, and, um, and that was an important part of, part of me, but not enough that I actively, um, searched it out or, or, you know, had that relationship that's, that I feel like I'm, I'm not a finished product, but that I feel like I'm much further along um, now than I was then. And, you know, over the course of time, you know, the worldly things become more important. My friends, my, my, the sports I played, you know, mm-hmm. girls, whatever it was, um, it it uh, took the place of, of that relationship. And, um, and I feel like there were moments in time, the crossroads of, of my life, uh, even then I, I probably gave more credit to my family than I did God. And the prayers mm. taking place, you know, on my behalf, uh, unbeknownst to me, like it was, you know, it just happened sense that this is what, what, you know, uh, what was positioned for me. And, and I still felt a lot of control in that process that it was me and, and, and not him. Mm. And I think over the course of time, you know, things happen where the storms come and more and more it pushed me to, to open myself up you know, and take ownership for what I wasn't, you know, and the lies I was selling myself, you know, that I'm a good person and and not saying I wasn't, but, but I definitely wasn't living out his vision of my life and his purpose um, for my life. And I think that changed. I believe that changed when I went to Baylor. Mm. Um, You know, I remember sitting down at my first meeting 
and everyone grabbing hands because we were going to pray before this meeting. And and I just remember my stomach dropping because all, I've never prayed out loud, you know, and, and all of a sudden they're like, who's saying the prayer today? And I'm like, please don't call on me because yeah. <laughs> I just didn't feel comfortable. And, you know, and, and that really, you know, it, it really impacted me in a positive way and, and how that came out and, and being around it. Um, you know, uh, as I said earlier, I left a, a much better man, you know, having gone through that experience and, and at that point in time, having young kids and, and being recently married for the most part, we've been married 11 years now. Um, you know, there are challenges that come with that. And and so it, it really allowed me to not look to my wife or, or to others for that peace and that joy that I was, I was longing for, but to look to him and, and, and that I had an active part, you know, a relationship takes two and, you know, and, and I think that was, uh, you know, kind of an eye-opening experience for me that, you know, it's not just praying when things are going bad. It's, it's mm. not just going to him when, when you, you, when you're in need of something, it's, it's that daily conversation that, um, really was implanted on my heart at Baylor and, and I've tried, you know, uh, to continue that as, as I continue to grow in my own faith and, and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just grateful for, for everything has purpose and I'm grateful for that path and, and, you know, the doors that opened and, and how every storm that I've gone through since then has led me to something bigger and better in, in terms of my relationship with him. That's good. Cause I think it's, a good reminder hearing you tell that, that, you know, growing up in a family of faith doesn't guarantee anything, right? You know, my wife and I right. talk about that. We have three kids, 20 and twins that are 17. And we, you know, we, we worry about them as they get older and one's in college, two are about to go. And it's, you know, we want to control that, right? Yeah. It's like, we've given them the foundation, but they have to own it. It has to be theirs. And it doesn't, just because they grew up in this, what we hope to be a good a good home doesn't guarantee anything. And so, you know, what you're telling your story just reminds me that no matter what they go through, the foundation is there and, yes. you know, and they'll own it. For sure. Right? You know, so that's good. Well, I think too, you know, I was a 90s kid, right? So, you know, it was a lot of, of the faith, you know, or, or how we lived out our faith was, you know, I don't want to say it was fire and brimstone, but you know, it it definitely wasn't this religion of love or or you know uh, um, peace. You know, I knew what was right and wrong, and and the world is throwing a lot at you, and and so that always weighed heavily on me of where am I going? You know, am I going to heaven or hell? And you know, because I you know I I can I can probably remember every sin, you know, and and this idea that you are forgiven and that that that's part of the relationship. And, um, I, I think it's, and it's not to pass judgment on, on my family whatsoever. I, I think, you know, when you're a kid, you're a lot's coming at you. And, and oh, yeah. I, I, I think as I got older and more mature and, and could process and, you know, and, and prioritize appropriately, um, that it really opened that relationship up with, with God that, that I was missing for a long time. Yeah, and you know, and it's, it has to be yours, right? It can't yeah. be, it can't be my dad's faith or my mom's faith. And oftentimes, the danger—it sounds weird to say it this way—but the danger of 
growing up in a family of faith is sometimes we latch on to our parents or grandparents' faith and we don't own it. And then we have to go through those difficult times to own it. Um, So that's good. That's, that's very good. Um, Being an athletic director, um, I know is a lot, right? You know, you're getting pulled in thousands of directions. So how do you find the balance of athletic director and husband and dad, or maybe not balance, but how do you get into the manage the rhythms of that? Because I know it's, you have seasons that are probably busier than others. So how do you deal with that? And then husband and dad? It's a great question. And um, I have not perfected it. You know, it's, it's extremely challenging. Uh, I do not believe in work-life balance. Um, I believe in life and you prioritize what's most important. And with the job and the responsibilities that an athletic director has, and it's a lot, you're never fully off. You know, people ask me all the time, can you disconnect? I can never fully disconnect, but can I get to a place that, that, you know, I can be what my family needs me to be, what my wife needs me to be, um, you know, what my, my student athletes and, and our staff need me to be. Um, and I believe I can. And, you know, uh, and, and that's, you know, that that's where it starts for me, you know, is, is trying to be realistic. Um, there are only so many hours in the day and, you know, I do the best I can to balance that with, with my responsibilities, but there are things and, and I'll never forget, you know, Hunter Yurchek, who's someone who's very important to me, um, at the university of Houston, you know, uh, telling our football team, you know, his kid was playing at that point at the college level and was a very, he was an elite athlete and, and, um, and Hunter said, I'm going to miss some games because I want to go see my son play. And you all may care today, but you're not going to care four years from now. My son will care for the rest of his life. And and that was really powerful for me to hear someone who was in a, a role that I was I was striving to be in and really put himself out there. Now, years later, when my faith and and you know and and becoming an AD and it all connected. Um, that's something that stuck with me. And, and so uh, I'm very grateful for our team. You know, I, ADs can't do it alone. And, and so I'm surrounded by a lot of people that allow me to take my kids to school. And, and I try not to go 24 hours without seeing them. And, you know, I have to schedule my wife a lot of times. And, and that was challenging early on. But, you know, we we have set lunches or or dinners that that we schedule because I don't, my staff knows, my team knows that that I'm not going to overschedule those times together. And, you know, uh, it's important with young kids, especially um, it's important for me to be around. And, you know, I have a, you know, my responsibilities, whatever I think they are at work, they're that, especially with my wife and, and for us to have those times together. Um, and so it's not, there's no secret sauce to it. It is a lot of work. And, and ultimately, you know, and and not complaining whatsoever. Um, I sacrifice quite a bit in terms of, of hobbies and personal time. Um, if I'm not at work, I'm with my kids. And, and if I'm not with my kids and not at work, I'm with my wife. And, you know, and you try to find, you know, times to connect, whether it's through Bible studies or, or church or, you know, with, with others outside of the industry. But, um, it can be done. And, and, you know, uh, and as I said, I'm not a finished product, you know, uh, I can tell, and and I have a lot of great people around me that, um, you know, I have blinders 
you know, and, and, you know, when, when the going gets tough, I'm one to, to dig in, you know, I'll, I'll work that much more. And, and, um, and so I, I have to have people around me that are going to call me on that and say, Hey, you need to go home and you need to see your family and you need to take a break. And, you know, as much as I hold myself to very high standards and including what I do at home from a personal standpoint, um, I have a lot of people that, that I know care about me, um, for other reasons outside of me being the athletic director Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and that's where I'm very grateful for the community I'm in and, and the groups that I've gotten involved with, uh, from, uh, you know, just a community standpoint and Bible studies and those type of things that, you know, they're, they're somewhat of an accountability partner. Um, because this job will take everything from you. <laughs> like I've, yeah. I, I, I'm, I've learned that in three years. Um, there's so much that, that I just had no idea, um, that an AD actually was responsible for, or had to be a part of. And, you know, as much experience that I had coming into it, um, there was a lot that I had to learn and, and a lot of appreciation and even empathy in terms of people like Mac and Hunter and, and other ADs that I've worked under, to be able to, to, you know, almost apologize to them for judging, you know, uh, you know, why they quick enough or, or why, why they just couldn't give me an answer. I now understand what they were challenged with. And and I think that ties into a lot of things. Well, and not to mention just the change in the college athletic landscape, right? Yes. Conference, Larry and NIL portal. I mean, there's so much that, even those guys that have gone before you probably, I mean, they're figuring it out just like you are, right? For sure. You know, sure. so there's a, there's a lot of things I'm sure in the last, since you've been AD for three years that have changed that no AD has experience of doing, right? So my, my first six months, um, I was navigating conference realignment, the, the oncoming of, of name, image, and likeness, um, transfer portals, you know, hiring staff, coming out of COVID, you know, still yeah. in COVID technically, you know, uh, it was, it was challenging. It was very non-traditional and, you know, it's, you know, you play the hand you're, you're dealt to the best of your ability. And, um, and I think it became a competitive advantage for us because I was a new AD, so I didn't know any better. Um, yeah. So I probably helped me a little bit that I, I didn't know enough yet to be dangerous. And, um, and that helped. Uh, I would also say, you know, from a family perspective and my wife and kids, um, communication is key. For me, oh, yeah. and, and really setting, you know, uh, defined expectations, you know, at the beginning of a year, beginning of a season. And, and you know, uh, we have multiple seasons and, and the sport never ends. You know, I, I think everything, you know, track and softball for us end in June. And then you have camps and June is a, a big meeting month as you prepare for August and then everyone's back. And and so you're always in a season. Yeah. I, I try to communicate as much as I possibly can. And, and, and I have to be careful over committing, you know, I'm a yes man when it comes to that. Like I want to be what everyone else needs me to be. Mm. And sometimes that's at a disservice to my family. And so I've had to do a better job of, of just being honest of, I can't do that this weekend because I do want to go see my kid play basketball or I want to go see my daughter play softball um, or I want to go to this school recital. So I'm going to have to miss this meeting and and be okay with that and you know and and once again i'm grateful for my team because you know they support me in that as i support them and and with their families because that's a priority that's awesome that's good so you're you're an ad that is very active on social media um twitter x whatever it's called now instagram 
you know, you're active in promoting Boise State athletics, but also with your faith. So talk about being active on social media because as an AD, not everybody likes you, right? For sure. You know, when you're making tough decisions. So you put yourself out there, which opens yourself up for the the good and the bad. So how do you how do you manage that? It, it's challenging. And you know, when I first started here, um, it was part of the strategy. You know, I wanted to to connect once again with a state that I'd never been to, a community I'd never been a part of. Um, I did not know one person when I arrived here. And so it was, you know, as much negativity there that there is within social media, there was also a, a very positive aspect of that for absolutely, me. Absolutely. And how to connect with Bronco Nation. You know, mm-hmm. they're important to me. I, I serve. I'm here to serve. And and them, our student athletes, our staff, and, and all the above. So um, it provided me that I could connect with hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, with a tweet or with an Instagram post. And, and so my wife, you know, says you probably created a monster, which, which I did, you know, because now there's an expectation, but I, I see the value of that connection. And and I think me as a, you know, as a leader, um, I, I don't think too highly of myself, you know, at the end of the day, I, I want to be honest and transparent with our people. And and even if that means it's not what they want to hear. And, and I think me being able to be my authentic self and to be able to share whatever's going on with the department, whatever's going on at, at home and truly to live out in action, what I, I feel a leader should be. And, you know, and it's, it's, there's been, when it comes to the faith piece, uh, you know, once again, I want to be my authentic self and this is who I am. Um, uh, and, and I don't, you know, I don't believe in forcing it on people, but I believe through my actions and how I live my life and being imperfect, um, that I can be a, a testimony, you know, that you can be, you know, a, a, a Christian and, and, and lead within, uh, you know, uh, I think values matter. And, and I think, you know, that resonates with a lot of people. And, um, you know, I, I try to find that balance, you know, because I am, you know, uh, a Christian first and foremost, you know, but um, it is, you know, it can be challenging, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it is who I am. And, you know, I've sold my soul enough in life, you know, that, that that's something that's important to me. And and I feel I, I owe it to, to all to, to be honest and transparent and, and authentic. I love it. I, that's why I love seeing you active on, on social media. Cause I feel like, you know, like, you know, like your wife said, you have created a monster, if you will. But I also believe that social media, a lot of good comes out of it if used for the, with the right heart and right intentions. And that's why I love, I love how you manage it. I don't know a lot of ADs that, that do it in the same manner that you use it for. You're promoting Bronco Nation, but also, you know, you're letting people know who you are and what you believe, and and it's all done from the same account. You're not out there on Bronco Athletics talking about, you know, Bronco Nation, and then on Jeremiah Dickey's personal page with, you know, posting scripture or whatever. It's all from from you, and I, I just, to me, I think says a lot. And I, but I also know can open yourself up for 
for even more of the the attacks, if you will. It can, and and you know, and they come. Like you know, I learned early on. You know, you there's all these sayings, right? You know, it's lonely at the top, and like, what does oh, that? Yeah. Mean? I know what that means now. <laughs> I didn't yeah, I bet. know what that meant prior to this job, and you know, but I also think that. You know, and and I'm reminded of this a lot. Like no one's making me do this. You know, right. uh, it's it's not for the money. It's not for the fame. It's not. It's it's to be of service. And and you know, I love this industry. I love what we represent. You know, I love our student athletes and our staff and and our community. And and this is, you know, uh, I feel everything in my life has led to these moments that that hopefully provide me a platform to you know, to, to potentially be what others can be in those moments and, and to be of service and, and to provide a positive reinforcement to something. I mean, I can't tell you how many positive things have come out of things that even in a negative way, people come at us because of whatever issue they're having or, um, and, and it's become a resource because it's like, all right, I had blinders to that. I didn't realize that was impacting our fan base like Mm. that. And, and it allows me to take it back to our team and say, what do we think? Is this really a problem or is this, you know, uh, you know, just someone mouthing off and, and there's a number of things that we've identified because of, of those interactions on social, you know, that it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And even taking ideas from fans, um, you know, I, I don't, uh, sometimes we overcomplicate things, you know, uh, you know, we're in a business that that requires us to have those type of relationships. And and that's something that's to me. Yeah. I think sometimes can overthink it, right. Or coaches can out coach themselves, you know, so that's, that's good. So let me ask you this to kind of close it out. So um, is there a a scripture that, you know, that you go to when you're in one of those storms or is there one that, you know, recently you've come across that, that God's really just kind of, hit you over the head with that you would share? Um, It's probably my favorite scripture. And and I think it holds true for every stage of life I've been in, but is Jeremiah 29, 11. And, and that's something that, that it resonates with me. You know, uh, I, I think, you know, from the very beginning of of my existence, um, there's been this plan and, you know, I mean, maybe didn't always give credit to where credit's due in, in terms of, of his vision for my life. Um, and as I've gotten older and more mature and, and have had a lot of peaks and valleys and, and challenges, um, I always go back to that scripture. You know, uh, I know my steps are determined and, you know, my job is to walk through the door and, you know, and and that's, I try to simplify things, you know, I'm, I'm not very smart and you know, I, I, I can't overcomplicate them. And, and, you know, that scripture resonates with me. That's good. Cause I think sometimes we, we forget that, right. We forget that his plans are better than mine. And like you For said, sure. you said, you're not that smart. I'm definitely not that smart to figure it out on my own. Right. <laughs> so knowing that, that we have a God that has great plans for me, if I'll just get out of the, get out of his way, and let him open the door that's better than any door I could ever open. It's amazing what can happen, right? Well, and I think I think early on, um, and I can, you know, I can be honest about it now. Um, 
I was in this industry for the wrong reasons. And and I mm. thought it was, it was all about me. And, you know, and it was I that was doing everything. And, you know, this, this scripture, you know, as I said before, it simplifies it for me. It, it, it starts with him. And, you know, uh, I am, I'm nothing with, without him. And um, so whatever I think I'm doing and whatever control I think I have, it all goes back to him and, and the relief and peace that that brings me, you know, my job is just to show up and do my best, you mm. know, and in his name and and hopefully represent, you know, uh, um, appropriately and, and, you know, and, and let his will be done. And, you know, as an AD with everything that's being thrown at us and, and the, the challenges that we have and, um, and there aren't a lot of solutions or answers out there right now. Um, it brings me a lot of peace. You know, my job is just to continue to show up and and do my very best and and lead appropriately and serve and and do it for others and and you know in, in many ways detriment, you know, and and but I think that's what it means to be a leader and you know, and that's important to me. I try to remember when I'm thinking about leadership. It's easy when you have some successes, you let pride come in and say, oh, yeah. Stuart, you got this figured out really good. And then something happens, you open your Bible, you go, look at how Jesus led, and he led by serving. So I try to remind myself that to be a real leader, it starts with serving. Not easy, right? You know, because we think when we, we get to he the didn't. top that we're here. You know? Yeah. He did nothing wrong <laughs> and and was killed for it. You That's know, right. um, it's, it, it's, it's a good reminder of like being a leader is not easy and, you know, uh, it's, and there are going to be storms, you know, um, it's, I, I used to pray, you know, pray for peace. It, it's really praying to find peace through those storms, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, uh, it's not to avoid them. You know, no one ever said it was going to be easy being a Christian, being a leader, being a father, being a husband, um, you know, it's extremely challenging and, and I'm not a finished product because, you know, I have a lot of failure that, you know, that I have to come to grips with. And, and part of that is the relationship piece, you know, with God and, and that's important to me, you know, and that's something, you know, we continue to strive for and, you know, it's well, going to happen overnight and, and it's not, you know, you have to be active in that process, you know, you can't just wait for it to happen. You got to, you got to be a part of it. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate your time. I know, you know, you do have a busy schedule, so I appreciate you being willing to do this and just hearing more about your story has been, has been encouraging to me. And I know people that'll listen. Well, I appreciate you having me on and, uh, and grateful for you. And, and thanks for your patience. Thank you for listening. And thank you again to Jeremiah for taking time of a very busy schedule to, to jump on here and share his story and encourage us. And I, I hope you got a glimpse of who he is as a man. Um, incredibly humble, a servant leader, transparent and honest, and just, just a reminder of what we do is not who we are. We're a follower of Christ first. We're husbands, we're wives, we're moms, we're dads, and then we're a coach, then we're an athletic director, then we're an athlete, then we're a business person. So thank you again. 
um, to Jeremiah, and thank you for listening. I, I'd encourage you to share this episode with somebody that could use some encouragement. If you don't subscribe, whatever p- podcast platform you're listening to right now, hit the subscribe button. We've got some um, gr- incredible episodes previously, and we've got some great ones coming up. So lastly, we love to hear from you. So on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in the search bar, just type in All In Sports Outreach or go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Um, find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to serve, opportunities to give, opportunities to pray for us. Um, and speaking of prayer, thank you so much to the many of you that constantly pray for us, support us, and encourage us.